Well, I pray everyone's well. Yes? No, you can talk. It's okay. It's church. This isn't a court of law. This is church. This is family. This is where we do life together. Amen? Um, I have to say thank you for everyone that's continued to um, love on my wife Mel. As you know, she's in, um, she has been diagnosed with burnout. Uh, and chronic fatigue, because if you're going to go down, go down well, you know. <laughs> but uh, I was catching up with our guest speaker, Mike Skews, um, not in relation to s speaking, but Mel's got a, a couple of different uh, counsellors, counsellor psychologist, a counsellor, a Christian doctor, a burnout specialist, and a whole bunch of people that are helping to feed into her to see her restored, because it could be time. It could be six months, 12 months. They say with burnout it could take five to seven years before someone's back at 100%. And, and Mike was explaining to, to me the, the, the intricacies of burnout, you know. Um, and though it affects her mental health um, and it affects her physically, it's neither of those. He was explaining how the brain works and the neurons and how they spark and how some of those cables are burnt out. And so the only way to fix that is to is to stop and rest because you can't work on a circuit board while it's still working, you've got power running through it. And so that then, when that starts to mend itself, then that affects the outworking of her mental health and her physicality. So she has some great days. So th for those that have visited and she has been open to you to do that, thank you. That's been awesome. I, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you because she needs, she needs that. And there are some times where she just needs space and rest from family as well. So my wife's doing okay, you know. Good days and bad days, ups and downs, but it's a journey. And what I'm actually really excited about, if anything, is that we're doing it and journeying together with her. Amen. Now, next week we've got baptisms. I know, right? So I know that we've got two, at least at this point. I know that there's one person that's probably watching at home that I've talked to this week, so I'm going to put out the, the stab in the stomach to say you weren't here, but um, I talked about you from the pulpit, So, uh, who's considering being baptised. If you're part of our family, if you're part of the house and you've not been baptised before and you'd like to know more, please come and see me. Come and see me so we can talk about it because we'd love you to jump into the water. We'd love you to, to make that next step commitment per se for Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's that. Um, I, I have to mention this because I, <laughs> I told Sal that I would mention it, but because I, I like to stir the pot from time to time. And um, my son, who's in kids' church, likes to st stir the pot from time to time. <laughs> anyway, this is, I'll move out of their way. Right? This is what I discovered while I was saying, don't, don't, don't look at them. <laughs> so li listen here just for a minute. Right? While I was seeing Mike, he was explaining, I was explaining how I can be emotional. Now, I'm always emotional. Always, always. I have always been that way. I feel quite deeply. And I was explaining to him some of the things that have been happening lately. And, he, and then he started to talk to me about menopause. And, and then he said, there's actually, there's a male variant to menopause. Andropause. And, it sounds like andropause, right? <laughs> And I'm like, no, dude, uh-uh, 
No, I've gone through the checklist. That's not me. It's the Holy Spirit in me just working deeply. Anyway, so I've got, I've got home to share that with Mel. You know, Mike's talking to me about menopause. There's a male version of it. It's Andrew Pause. He goes, Andrew Pause. I go, it's Andro, but they say it so quickly it sounds like Andrew Pause. We didn't know, but Samuel has got impeccable hearing. Don't share a secret if you see him because he will hear it from across the street, right? So he wasn't even in the room with us. So we get to sit down and watch TV and we're watching Big Bang Theory. You know, my wife and I and Samuel love it. It's his favourite show at the moment. So we're watching that. Mel's on one couch laying down and I sit on the couch next to Samuel and we're watching and we're laughing. And he leans over. Andrew pause. You've got menopause. <laughs> menopause, menopause, andropause, andropause, andropause. <laughs> well, for the next five minutes, that's all I got. So I did what only a father can do while one arm's you know, in a sling because he's got a broken collarbone. I licked my hand, wiped it on his face. <laughs> At which he told me that as soon as he's free, apparently I'm a dead man. But anyway, so hey... There's such a thing called andropause. Who would have known? Like, go figure. Um, today, I really want to celebrate Mother's Day today. I, I, we need to celebrate Mother's Day. We live in a world that, that, I don't like to use the word woke, but it's so unusual in a lot of different areas at the moment that what was normal and conventional is no longer. And the minority seems to have a louder voice than the majority and I appreciate and, and with legitimate and genuine heartfelt um, feelings and emotions behind that, that some people haven't had a great upbringing. Some people haven't had good mums. Some people haven't had good dads. Some haven't had one or the other. And that's true. But that shouldn't stop us being able to celebrate those that have actually got mums and dads. And it doesn't matter how great one person might be. We don't have to measure up to anyone else. But we do have to thank those people for the investment that they've made in the lives of their children, their, their, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren. In, in this house alone, we've got people that foster, and are not fostering one, but are fostering two, and not two, but are fostering three. It's, in, it's almost mind-blowing the amount that people are, are doing, and particularly women. And we just need to honour women today. Like, yeah, is that all right? Can we put our hands together? You know, I, I, the, the older I get, the more I realise that I, I, I understand a person's behaviour and sometimes the examples of people or how they treat their kids, even in their parenting, if you were to go back to the their parents and their parents and their parents, you actually see a, see a cycle. And it helps us to understand why some people aren't good in that role. It doesn't make it right or wrong if they've been abusive and all that sort of stuff, but it helps us to understand. And the beauty of Christianity and the blood of Jesus is we can rewrite our future. And even if we've got a background that's broken, we can actually have a brand new start and be brand new parents with our own children and, and begin a great legacy. And I'm looking forward to the celebration service for Judy because if there's ever a legacy that you want to look at, it's John and Judy. 
Um, even, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I went home and in, with all of the dealings, John, with your family and your kids, um, there, there was a moment with, at one time that I was with the family and I'm crying, you know, I'm crying. The minister, I'm crying. And one of the sons comes up to me and goes, Andrew, are you okay? I go, I'm being strong for your family. And he taps me on the shoulder and goes, I can see that. You better sit down. <laughs> but what I love is that, John, your, your, your kids, and this is, this is the influence that each and every one of us can have. And it doesn't have to be, well, we'd like it to be with all of our children, but even if it's just one of, or two of, or three of, or half of, depending on what kids we've got or where we're, we're investing, but his kids love the Lord. And, and their kids love the Lord. And their kids love the Lord. And I said to Mal, man, I, if I'm going to leave a legacy, I want it to be like that. Because that is just pure gold. Yeah? So that's why we champion father, fathers. That's why we champion mothers. Because you don't see what they do behind the scenes. They do the best with what they've got. And we should celebrate and honour them. So that on one day, they can take their shoes off, so to speak. Put their feet up, you know. And let's face it, in a single parent family, they can't even do that if they've got young kids. And just be blessed for the day. And so today I want to bless them. I want to acknowledge that over and over and over again, that you are blessed and that we, we have been blessed because of your influence in our lives continually each and every day. Amen? Because mums are a model of sacrificial love by the grace of God. Literally, you think about it, they lay down their lives as they give birth. They do, yeah? They lay down their lives. They unconditionally love their little children. You know, that they get up in the middle of the night and, and that's just for their partners. And then they do it. <laughs> you missed it. You know, they, they climb out of bed. They do stuff over and over. They give up their time for play time. You know, just you could write a list of the things that mums do. Yes, and dads do it too, but dads, it's not your day. <laughs> right? But I will say this. Please listen. Because I, I, I want to share some stuff today, even though I'm talking about mums, and, and I'm going to speak about what I think and who I think is a great woman, an example to us all. I, I want to come at it from, a, from an, a, I guess, an angle that will benefit us, whether we're male or female, while still celebrating the mums in the house. Amen? So I'm just going to quickly pray. We'll jump straight in. And um, that was just an intro, so even though it says 25 minutes up there, I haven't started. Father, I thank you. Lord, he's laughing. I'm serious. So, Father, I thank you for the opportunity of being able to share the word. Lord, I pray today that we would truly be um, exalted in your presence, that we would be given hope in your presence, that the road before us will be greater than the road behind us, that the legacy that we leave Father, would be a legacy that not only we would be proud of, but that you would rest your hand on our shoulder and say, well done, good and faithful servants. So, Father, have your way this day, in Jesus' name. So, we honour mums. Now, I'm sure if Jesus were standing here today, he would do the same. He would honour mums. I really believe that. Because Jesus would say the same thing about his mum, that his mum was awesome. He would say that because... She, she, Mary, she, right? She is our example today. She is essential to Jesus growing up to be the man that he was. She was essential. She was his stable and reliable supporter. 
She was his biggest advocate. She was his dearest love. She, Mary, is an example to every woman and to every man. You know, she lived sacrificially. And because she lived a life that attracted the greatest blessing ever experienced by one person, she actually got to know Jesus yeah, in a way that no one else ever could. She, Mary. And, and it would be silly of us, it would be unwise of us to ignore her example. It, it, it just would. It's, it would be just as unwise to turn her into a godlike figure yeah, that some religions have done. Just as unwise. But she is, the Bible tells us, she is the highly favoured one. Highly favoured. And I love that. Mary lived a life that teaches us how to be a vessel yeah, that God himself is pleased to use. You know, by her own acknowledgement, she knew, she knew that the hand of God was on her life and that because the hand of God was on her life, that all generations would be called blessed. She knew that. And from the moment that we're introduced to Mary in the Bible, the moment that we're introduced to her in those pages, she stands out as a person that's actually captured the heart of God. Mary. So I would say we're going to take time to read about that in a moment. But, and we are, in a sense. But what we're about to watch, what we're about to listen to, literally changed the history of the, the whole world. And really, this is Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. But watch it on the screen just for a moment. highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. 
way to read the scripture for something different, wasn't it, hey? On Mother's Day, I didn't want the mums to work, to have to turn their pages or turn on their phones. Just watch it and listen. What a life-changing moment. Like, you think about that, if it was one of us that were woken up the way that she was woken up. Like, wow. How, how would we have responded if that was us? Like, how would we have reacted? You know, and for me, that whole passage, there's some standout lessons for us to, that, that we can actually encounter. The first one is simply this, that the, the power of God is released on us. The power of God is released on us when we come into agreement with the prophetic words spoken over us. You, this is for all of us. You need to take this away today, yeah? The power of God is released on us when we come into agreement with the prophetic words spoken over us. So the truth is, so much is won or lost in the power of our agreement. Constantly, always. So when God speaks, yeah, his word is a seed that's looking for a place to be planted. Now, in this case, Mary was that vessel. She was that vessel. She was that person who would become pregnant yeah, with the promise of God in her. And Mary was found to be one whom the God's prophetic word could be planted. But here's a question. How about you? How about me? You know, when Father looks at our life, will he see a person who's willing, who's expectant, a person who's open to receive and believe the spoken word of God? Is that what he'll see when he looks at us? When God speaks over our life, it's an invitation that's looking for agreement. That's why over the years we've often said with our worship team, you know, one of, in choosing of the songs... Have something that declares the goodness, the glory of God. And, but also, in the, same, in the same sense, have something that's an invitation because then we can sing something that is our response to him. We accept that. We step into that. You know, God's looking for a response from us. And if we can understand his prophetic word, that it's looking for a place to land where it will be received and believed, then we can actually respond in faith. You know, understanding that about the prophetic nature of God, when we can understand that, every word that he speaks then includes the power to fulfill it. I don't know how many people over the years, me included, have received a prophetic word and it hasn't come to pass yet. We don't know why. Often it's our, the way that we've dealt with it. But the truth is, if God has spoken a word, a promise over our lives, he's spoken it, and in that word, if we will agree with it, it has the power to come to pass. He never gives a word without the power for it to be fulfilled. Man, you and I have got to grab this because he spoke a word into Mary and she had to come into agreement with it. You know, and, and I want us. I guess I want us all to understand that power is only activated when someone believes what he says, when someone will live out what he says as if it's true. You know, the angel Gabriel said, "Hi, Mary, I've got a, I've got a word from God for you." You know, you're going to become supernaturally pregnant, and you, when you, you you're going to have a baby inside you, you're going to have to carry it full term and you're going to have to give birth and when you give birth to this baby it's going to be the son of God right you think about 
the audaciousness of that, that prophetic word over a life. You're about to become pregnant. You've never slept with anyone. And the baby you're going to have is the son of God. Try sharing that with your closest friends and family. <laughs> you know, it was prophetic in nature because it was speaking about what was to come. And, and as God spoke it out, what was only possible is possible by God's power. And like that word, like the ones that we've received, they often sound outrageous. They often sound mind-blowing, impossible even, yeah? They often sound beyond anything we could ever come up with ourselves. But that's why Mary's response was so remarkable. That's why it was so brilliant. What she heard was so wild, was so out of the box, was so outrageous, yeah? You think about what she, how she responds in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Everything you've said about me, may it come true. I mean, I love her childlike trust, her faith, her acceptance of something that was unheard of. It's not like you can read the Bible and find that same promise anywhere else. Yeah, it was unheard of. Yes, she had questions. We know that from verse 34. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. I guess we all would have questions. How can I do that? I've never done that before. I've never been there before. I've never tried that before, you know? And yes, she probably had fear. Fear that probably tried to tempt her away from her destiny. And so often it's fear that robs us of the promises that God's spoken into our lives. You know, but Mary's response was totally and, and wholehearted. It was agreement that, you know what, if this is a promise from God, then I can work with that and work with him. That's, that's got to be something for us. Yeah? This is a mother. It's not even a father for all those that think that the father role is greater. God went to a woman. That should slap us men back into place. Just that alone. This young girl whose love and devotion to God rose up to God as a beautiful offering. It, that love and devotion to God made her a target for his blessing. It actually made her a target for God's goodness, for God's divine purpose. Maybe, maybe we haven't had a word spoken over our lives because we don't have that same love and devotion. Just throwing it out there, yeah? You know, God invites us into what seems so impossible, so wild, so outrageous, but God speaks and then he waits to see how you and I will respond. You know, we have to learn from Mary. This is Mother's Day. We've got to learn from the mother of Jesus today. We have to, you know, and in childlike wonder, accept the word of God in our lives and, and then be able to say, Lord God, I might not understand what you're speaking to me right now. I don't actually, I can't even see how it'll come to pass, but may everything you've said about me, may it come true. You know, if I think about over the years, I, I've been challenged with this same thing. Mel and I over the years have been challenged with this same thing. A lot of the decisions that we've made here in this church over the, the 12 years, some of them haven't made sense at the time of the revelation, at the time of God's invitation. But, but when we know, when we knew it was God, and we know that God's for us, then there's no other option but to say, okay, yes, God, may it be as you say. May everything you say be. Yeah? 
You know, later, as Mary becomes pregnant, we read that she went to visit Elizabeth, her relative, yeah, who was pregnant with John the Baptist. Now, during that particular visit, during, during that reunion, Mary breaks out in song as an expression of her love for God and what he's done for her. You get that in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 49. Let's have a, a read slash listen on the screen. That was marvellous. No, sorry. <laughs> and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. It's only short, it's three verses. That's all it is. The Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Yeah? There's something that we can learn from Mary's example, just from that. Those three verses, we can learn this. Worship God for who he is from our spirit, even when our soul struggles to understand. You've got to get this. Yeah? I, yeah, I will. Worship God for who he is from your spirit, even when your soul struggles to understand. I don't understand why my wife is in burnout, why she's there, or how long she'll be there. I can guarantee you, though Judy was unwell, John doesn't fully understand why she's gone home to the Father. But you know what? We can still worship God from our spirit, even when our soul doesn't understand. You know, there's often a tension that we face as Christians, particularly when it comes to our new nature. Yeah, because once we accept him, because our new nature, it, it's... it's it's where our spirit comes to life because it's touched by God. It's where the Holy Spirit lives, yeah? And it's alive in a supernatural way. Now, let me explain it like this. Faith lives in the realm of our spirit. That's where faith lives, in the realm of our spirit. But our, our soul, our, our mind, our will, our emotions, that's what's governed us our whole life, yeah? Our whole life. And now... We're struggling to understand from that place what's going on. From that place. Our body simply does whatever it's told by either our spirit or our soul. So like Mary, we can find ourselves in a place where things are so outside of what we're used to. Where in our soul, our mind, our emotions, yeah, that, that place where it doesn't make sense and we're grappling to understand... It's in that place that we can actually make a decision. It's from there that we can say either our soul or our spirit. So when we find ourselves in that place where things are so out of what we're used to, which you've got to expect some of this stuff when you walk with God, we need to make a conscious decision like Mary did. Will my soul or my spirit have the greater voice in my decision? 
What am I going to lead? What am I going to allow lead me today? Will I respond from my soul realm, which falls into a heap, embraces anxiety, yeah, fear, worry, doubt, or will I give room for my spirit in this moment, my born-again nature, to worship God because he's worthy? You and I, we always have a choice. Amen? Always, even in the pits of despair, even in the darkest times, even when the promise of God is so overwhelming and looks like it's impossible, you and I can still make a choice. Another way to put it's like this. Trust the heart of God, yeah, when you don't understand what the hand of God is doing. Trust the heart of God when you don't understand what the hand of God is doing. See, nothing that was happening to Mary was normal. It wasn't expected. No one before ever went through such a thing. No one could ever prepare for it or explain it. Yet there she was, a highly favoured woman. Man, I love this. Giving God praise for showing her such favour and attention. You can hear it in the words, can't you? God, who am I that you should notice me? Who, who am I, a lowly girl like me? And every generation is going to call me blessed because of what you've done for me. Who am I that you give me that honour? I mean, I love that, that song that we sing, that God will choose us again and again and again, even though we're not perfect. He would choose us again. You know, when you live from your spirit, things don't need to make sense because you're grounded in the goodness of the one that we love, the one who's with us. So I say again, trust the heart of God when you don't understand what the hand of God is doing. Trust the heart. You know, Mary, Mary's example, she was full of humility and, and humility attracts, it attracts the grace of God. A lot of us would be aware of James 4.6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mary proved that to be true. True, not tree, true. Get my words out, Andrew. God could have picked any woman from any village to be the mother of Jesus, but he chose Mary. You know, the promise that's on your life, God could have chose anyone from any place, but he chose you, spoke it over you. You know, I believe the major reason for God choosing Mary was her humility. Her humility to see herself as God's humble servant. It was just beautiful. And God, as her mighty king, her merciful Lord, her righteous redeemer. You know, the best way to block God from doing things through us, you know what the best way is? It's really simple. Is to get in the way and make it all about ourselves. Seriously. You don't want God to move? Simple. Make it all about you. God will stop moving. I've done it. Some of us here have probably done it, yeah? And it's a battle. Uh, it's a battle that we're going to continue to fight until we go home to eternity. That's the truth. I would hope that the battle would be less and less as we grow in maturity and faith, <laughs> you know? But when we, when we get a true picture of, of who we are in relation to who God is, we can't help but be humbled by that. You know, like... My greatest prayer for people in this house and the reason that I love that God continually somehow 
draws the broken and the eclectic here would be that God loves them just the way they are. And they don't have to look like any other Christian. They don't have to do any other course to be accepted into his family. That they just are who they are, exactly the way God made them. Regardless of life's ebbs and flows, ups and downs. That in that place they would just come and discover him in all of his glory. And when we realise, and this is what overcomes me so much these days, he still chooses me. He still chooses you. I mean, I don't get it sometimes. For me, I can only speak for me, I don't have anything. <laughs> anything to give back to him that's worthy. And yet he still chooses me. We all have to come to that place when we realise it's not about us. It's not about what we've got. It's about him. And if I've got a talent, it's only because God's given it. If I've got a gift, it's because he's placed it there. How can I not want to use that for him in that space and place? Yet, yeah. you know, Who are we that God should love us so much and be so gracious towards us? Who, who are we that we should be invited to join him in his family, in heaven, in his divine work even? Who are we that, that he should pour out abundant blessings and favour upon us? Really, who are we? Who are we that... Almighty God should come to us with salvation, with healing, with deliverance, I love it, with peace, with hope, with love and a relationship. Who are we that God should choose to love us and call us his children? When we can get a revelation of that, all our complaints, all our questions, all our doubts, all, our, all the negative words, all our excuses some suddenly seem so weak, so feeble, so rubbish. And I'm not suggesting, oh, woe is me, Lord God, the worm that I am. You know, like if I hear a prayer like that, I want to slap someone. The truth is that I was far away from God and somehow for whatever reason, that makes no sense, he still sent his son so that I could come back into family and now I'm an exalted son of God or daughter of God, yeah? It's not, oh, woe is me, the worm that I am. Like... I was far away from him, absolutely. But now, I'm restored and redeemed. And so, we, we live in this tension, you know. You, and I love this tension. I often, Ross and I often wrestle it out that we live in this beautiful space. But we're undeserving. But we are deserving because he, he said we're so. But in reality, we're not. So why would he choose that? What's in it for him? Nothing but us. Every day, more and more for me, Christianity is about living in that space. How good God is with the favour that he's poured on me that I can now live in this place. Yeah? You know? Maybe the most unexpected lesson for Mary was this, that our life is destined for something bigger than just our life. <laughs> our life is destined for something bigger than just our life. On this Mother's Day... I can't help but exalt, glorify, you know, talk about, for me, John, I'm sorry for Judy, you know. The legacy that she's, lead, she's lived. Let's face it, John and Judy, John will tell you they're not perfect people. Perfect in my eyes. They're not perfect people. You know, they've, 
had their ups and downs like the rest of us. But I, again, I can't help but look at the legacy. It wasn't just about her life. It was about what she was investing into the kids. And then what they in turn invested into theirs and into theirs. And each and every one of us here has that opportunity. Each and every one of us here has that ability, that, 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 that wonderful gift that God has sent. And just give it to your kids or, or give it to somebody else that's in your life. Share it in the workplace. Your life is it's, it's destined for something bigger than just your life. You know, I've written a little note somewhere here. Who knows where it is? But there's something that I cannot stand. Hate, in fact. I know hate's a big word. I really despise when people go, I don't come to church. I don't go to Bible study. I don't go to friendship group. I don't do that because there's nothing in it. I don't get anything from it. <sighs> Seriously. It's not about you, you moron. It's about everybody else that might get something from you, from all of your wisdom. Yeah? It's what we get to invest into other people with what God's placed in us. And even if I think I've got, I'm going to get nothing, I guarantee you, God fills our cup to overflowing. So the minute we give something out, God then fills. You think, oh, I don't get anything from church. Okay, I don't get anything from Bible study. Okay, that's cool, I get that. Why don't you come? Why don't you invest in someone? Why don't you love? Why don't you pour out? And I guarantee you, as you give of yourself, then some fresh stuff's coming from God. You won't know where it comes from. You'll just know that you've got a revelation. I don't get anything from church. Maybe you're giving nothing out. And I'm not saying that church is the be-all and end-all, or Bible study. I'm just saying, I'm using that as an example, yeah? It's just commentary. It's not criticism. I just do it with a laugh and a joke. <laughs> our lives destined for something bigger than just our lives. Mary came into the realisation that God was doing with her was, was not for her sake alone. It was for the, for the love and purpose of redeeming Israel. It was for his people. It was much bigger than her. You know, I see this in the words of her song later on in, in verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant. She's talking about herself, really. His servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. She was confronted by this breathtaking truth that, that she was a part of the ancient promise. She was a part of God giving to Israel and ultimately to the world a redeemer, a saviour and king that you and I redeemed rejoice and exalt and have living in our hearts amen because of her humility because she knew it wasn't just about her life man what a mother and i'm telling you that mothers every day do that for their children it's not about them it's about them i tell mel all the time let them starve to death <laughs> no no it's about them i need to feed them you know they're 15 and 16 now. They can do it, you know. Like she's always, she's always doing stuff for them because it's about them. And I guarantee you, each and every person in this house, if, you, if you're a mum, a stepmom, a grandmom, if you've mentored someone, if you've got foster kids, you have the same mindset. doesn't mean you don't have moments. You don't have a, the occasional Kermit the Frog. Ah! Just go to your room, you know. We all do that. But the truth is that our life is more than just us. It's, it's for them. Now Mary was an active part of God's grand, grand plan. She lived selflessly because it was about others and not her. You know, and I see this quality in mums over and over. They love, they give, they serve, they care, they nurture for the sake of those that are in their care. 
You know, sadly, though, we live in a world where the pursuit of self-gratification really, isn't it? And self-glorification is a priority. you just got to look at social media and all the selfies, you know? <laughs> Uh, I know people don't like to hear this, but it's not about you. It's not about getting more blessings, more friends, more likes, more attention, more influence. It's not about your building, your own kingdom. It's got nothing to do with that. It's that God wants you to live a big and a full life. And you and I, we, we get to be blessed and enjoy the favour of God. Because we exist for more than ourselves. And Mary was such an example of that. You know, she she demonstrates she lived out the essence of uh, and, and the heartbeat of a genuine Christian life. You know, the problem is when we make it about me, myself, and I, 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 I. <laughs> we actually become really miserable. We become really sad when we're self-centered, and we never find true and lasting purpose and and happiness. Imagine, imagine, if Mary had said, "Hey." God, that, that's a big request. Let me, let me just think about that for a minute, God. Um, look, maybe I'm not your best choice. I've just had a quick think about it. I don't think I'm your best choice. I'm too young. And, and to be honest, I'm a little bit too busy. I'm planning my wedding with Joseph. I, I've got stuff that I've got to do. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm so young. I'm inexperienced. You know, I haven't even had little brothers and sisters, I, I, I don't think I could do this. Um, I, I need to focus on my own future, if that's okay. I, I, I think that's probably smarter, God, if I did that. Um, I, I think I need to look after my own stuff because at, at the moment I'm really quite burdened with all the things I've got going on at the moment. So, hey, yeah, I certainly can't carry the saviour of the world in my womb. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, God, but I, this doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, look, I've got to build my home, I've got to build my life, I've got a family to grow. So maybe down the track, but for the moment, no, sorry, God, too inconvenient. Wow, that'd be an interesting video. You know, we all desire God's blessing. We all desire God's blessing. And I know this is Mother's Day, but in light of the sacrifice that, that women make, but do we want the surrender that goes with that? You know, we want God to show us favour. But in light of the lives that women lay down for those that, are, that they're in the care of, that they're caring for, do we actually want the humble life of consecration that captures God's attention? You know, we want people to talk about us, to praise us and have a good opinion of us. But do we embrace the fact that the life of unseen devotion when no one notices or praises our efforts. You know, are we willing to give away and let go of how we think it'll pan out? Because this is an important part of what made Mary, Mary and many like her, people of such significance, you're only trusted with more when you learn to give it away. You only trust it with more when you learn to give it away. In other words, we can't keep to ourselves what God has so graciously, graciously poured out upon us. We can't. He, he, he did it because he's got a plan that's bigger than us. It's bigger than us. 
Mary is the best example for mothers. I'll go as far as to say, Mary is the best example for fathers. Mary is the best example for the young and the old. So let's learn from how she responded to God's outrageous invitation. You know, let me try to tie this together. Let me ask you this. Yeah, I'll ask you to close your eyes where you're sitting. What prophetic word has God spoken over you that, like Mary, is waiting for your agreement and your response? I wish I could interpret that. There'd be some promise right there. You know, are you willing to give God your best worship even when life doesn't make sense or you're not getting what you prayed for? Better still, are you willing to humble yourself, give God your all and live beyond yourself? On this Mother's Day, can I ask you all to stand? Yes, I know it's Mother's Day. I'm aware of that. I've got to go home and cook lunch. Sacrifice starts now. Thank you. That was the response I was hoping for. But we just looked at an amazing example of a mother in Mary. Seriously. An example for every female, regardless of age. An example for every male, regardless of age. And the life that she lived is the call to us right now. It's a call of agreement, of worship, of humility, and of surrender. And that goes out to all of us. And if you're asking me, some of us have got some business to do with God in this moment. Because I believe that God has been speaking to us. Speaking to us about the so-called impossible assignment, prophetic word that's been spoken promise that's been given to you. You know, I believe God's showing us that our life is also meaningful, more meaningful than we've imagined. And in fact, some of us have to learn that we have the ability because of him to impact people in our lives. So the qualities he found in Mary, he's looking for in us all. And so with every eye closed, let me pray. Father, I thank you for Mary. And I pray, Lord, that like in Mary, you would find within us agreement in what you have spoken over our lives. Father, like Mary, I pray that you would find within us the spirit of worship in the midst of the mystery that we're walking through. Father, like... Mary, I pray, God, that we would have a humility that bows down before your majesty and that worships you as our God. And like we saw with her, she surrendered to you, God. May we have the faith and the courage to, to surrender to your agenda in our life. And so I want to ask this question with eyes closed on this Mother's Day. Don't worry about anybody behind you. Don't worry about your lunch at home. Are you willing today to come into agreement? Are you willing to worship when life doesn't make sense? Are you willing to live 
with humility, live humbly, but more so, are you willing this day to, to surrender what your mind says, what your body says, what your soul says? Are you willing to surrender to the Spirit of God inside you? And some of us need to say yes and amen for the first time. And some of us need to say yes and am, yes and amen for a second time and renew that vow before God. But I'm going to ask you to do this. Don't open your eyes. My eyes themselves are closed. Between you and God on this Mother's Day, are you willing to make that commitment? Are you willing to come into agreement for the words that have been spoken over your life? And are you willing to surrender to God's agenda for you? If that's you, I'm just asking you to put up your hand to do that physically as a, as a notion to God to say, yes, that's me. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every hand that's lifted. Father, every heart that's gone out. Lord, I thank you for mothers, grandmothers. I thank you, Lord, for mentors. I thank you for foster mums, spiritual mums, prayerful mums. <laughs> I thank you for Mary. I thank you for her example. And God, on this day... Lord, with her example, may we be the best mums and dads that we can be. Yes, to our children, but also to our children's children. Also to those that are in our life. Also to those that we confront. Also to those that we bump into. Also to those in our schools and in our workplaces. May we be truly, Lord, like Mary, a people that are in agreement, a people that worship you wholeheartedly, a people that live humility and a people that are surrendered to you. And so we give you this morning, Lord, we give you these decisions, we give you these hearts, we look forward to celebrating the rest of this wonderful day, and we give you all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Hey, Amen and Amen. Now, before you go, before you go, before you go, two, two quick things. If you're a female in the house and you've not 